You are listening to Your First 100K, the number one podcast for Christian entrepreneurs, coaches, and business owners who want time freedom and financial freedom so that they can provide for their families, travel the world, and give back to the less fortunate. If that's you, then sit back and stay tuned in because you're in the right place. I'm your host, Joseph Warren. I started my first multi-million dollar business at age 19 and wasted away my 20s trying to find happiness through money, success, and pleasure. I made millions, but I still didn't feel happy or fulfilled until I learned the real secrets of success. So the big question is this, how can Christian entrepreneurs like us who didn't give up on our dreams build a highly profitable six to seven figure business without being unethical, doing it all ourselves and neglecting our family and our faith? Well, that is the question. And this podcast will give you the solutions and strategies you've been looking for. Thanks for spending time with me today. If you're new here, then welcome. I have a free 10-day training waiting for you over at first100k.com. Again, go to first100k.com to grab your free 10-day training. Today, my featured guest is Alexander Siri. He's a best-selling author and entrepreneur. At the age of only 24 years old, he built his first company with zero startup capital to a six-figure business while working full-time as a detention officer based in police custody. Since resigning from the police force, Alexander has built his second company and is now the founder and CEO of Shifts to Success, a specialized business training company that supports members of the police and NHS to build successful businesses. I absolutely love having guests like Alexander on because he has niched his business down. He's specialized. You know exactly who he's speaking to and people could put their hand up and say, hey, that's me. I want to work with you. So his clients have had such outcomes as building six-figure revenue businesses, coming off anti-depression medications, resigning from their jobs, increasing profits up to 200%. They've won national awards and cleared debt. So Alexander's ethos of living life on your own terms and not becoming a wage slave. That's you, Startup Nation. Why sacrifice your happiness for a wage? That's what Alexander really is passionate about. He also wrote his business book, Police Officer to Entrepreneur in 2017, which has reached number one in three different categories. Alexander, welcome to your first 100K. Go ahead and fill in some of the gaps in that intro, would you? Thanks for having me, Joseph. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So, I mean, going back to when I was working uh, in the police force, um, I decided there and then um, that the career for the police wasn't for me. And, uh, and the reason for that really is because I could see a lot of my colleagues who were in the job, um, who were, you know, five, 10 years in the job ahead of me. And they had all these problems such as they were having uh, mental health issues. They were mm. depressed, they had anxiety, they weren't being treated with respect. And for me, I could see my road ahead. And I have the analogy that I like to use in life. 
And if we're baking a cake and we're adding in a bit of anxiety, depression, low income, not seeing your kids grow up, you know, um, sacrificing your happiness for a wage, you mix that in a bowl and you mix it up and you put that in the oven, which is the length of service in the police, nine times out of 10, you're going to come up with the end result, which is going to be one pissed off police officer not happy with their career. Um, and for me, I didn't want that outcome. Okay. And there's a great Chinese proverb that says to know the road ahead is to ask those coming back. And I could definitely see my future, you know, seeing these officers or how they were feeling. So in that moment at 24, I kind of had some soul searching and I said, okay, well, what would, what would my ideal life look like? What would my, if I could have a, a magic wand, what would that look like? And for me, it was living life on my terms with more income, more time to do the things I want to do and passion in doing so. So I thought to myself, what about if I use these ingredients to actually utilize what successful entrepreneurs do? So if I added in a bit of persistence, resilience, de determination, making sure I was studying personal development, getting mentors, and I mix that in a bowl and I put that in the oven long enough, nine times out of 10, I'm going to get that same result. So long story short, I was able to go into business, um, use those ingredients, um, and within um, 18 months, I built my six-figure company, property industry, so property development, um, and I resigned um, in, yeah, in, a, in a very uh, smelly fashion. Um, before, I, before I resigned, unfortunately, a detainee had covered himself in his own feces and had decided to wrestle me, and uh, I was covered. So literally, um, I had to go through shit for me to get to my freedom. So, you know, Shank Shaw Redemption or Shaw Shank Redemption, he climbs through the sewer to get to his freedom. It's a bit like that, just not as, uh, not as glorified. <laughs> so the sewer came to you. The sewer came hearing. to me. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> wow. What a, what a fantastic story. And what I love best about that, uh, and this is for you, Startup Nation, is Alexander got really wise. And the, the first step, I think, to wisdom is to get quiet, to, to step out of what it is that you're in or distracted with, to step away from it so that you get this really gift of objectivity to really look at situation from the outside in and say, Hey, is this what I want for my life? The ingredients as Alexander's saying that are going to uh, create the future life I want to create for myself. And I, I love your, your metaphor or analogy of the cake because yeah, you're throwing in all these bad ingredients, a little, a drop of poison here, a drop of poison here, some feces here, you know, just really bad <laughs> ingredients. And, and most of us do that. And then we expect the, the cake 20 or 30 years out to, to taste delicious when in fact it tastes terrible. And then we don't want it. We reject it. Then we go on you know, we start taking medications, drugs, all this other stuff, alcohol to cope with that bad decision we made 10, 15, 20 years ago. And what I'm hearing you say is, hey, nip it in the bud now, look at the ingredients, what's going on. And then I love your Chinese proverb to know the road ahead is to ask those already coming back. So what advice do you want to give to Startup Nation right now who feel they're stuck on that road right now? Maybe they have stepped out for a moment. They've assessed. They've, they've seen their situation and they're like, man, this is not a good cake I'm creating for my life. 
Um, but how do I get out of it? What do I do? I have bills to pay. The bills don't stop. How, what, how do I make that shift? So what would you say to them right now? It's a great question. So I've got um, a bit of a terminology that I like to use that your environment dictates your performance. Uh, and what I mean by that is, you know, being in an environment of um, low performance can indicate a low performing output in terms of your um, work ethic, your motivation, your inspiration. And what I utilized very early on was that I changed my environment by putting myself into reading books, listening to podcasts just like this getting mentors as well. And, you know, going back to that Chinese proverb, to know, to know the road ahead, ask those coming back. Well, if I had successful mentors teaching me these things on how to do things in my current situation, it was going to drastically shorten my time frame. So when I actually started my first business, I actually invested in myself, in, my, in a mentor. Um, it, was, it required money um, and it hard work. But that allowed me to give me direction towards this ultimate vision I had, which was resignation from the job. Um, so if anything is to change your environment, because if you are surrounded by people who are your fact and yourself and these thoughts that come around saying, I've got a full time job, I've got kids, you know, I've got bills coming out. Um, I'm not good enough. I haven't got these skill sets. If that shit goes on in your brain and you've got people around you saying the same thing, unfortunately, they are going to be the handcuffs that determine your life and they're going to keep you exactly where you are. Whereas having a mentor, reading books, listening to podcasts, that allows you to almost change your frequency of thinking to elevate and, and just make sure you're moving in a different direction altogether. So a big one is just changing your environment. Big, big, almost life-changing uh, immediately. Startup Nation, your environment dictates your performance. We're speaking with Alexander Siri. You can find him at shifts2success.com, shifts2success.com. And he's so right. Oh my gosh, he's so right. Just from my own life experience. It's like whenever I, my performance was really crappy or less than what I wanted, if I looked back at who am I surrounding myself with? Where am I located, so to speak? It, it, what does this environment around me look like? It kind of always matched, you know, my, my performance, my results. And, and you have to make that break. And it's scary. I get it. It's so scary. It's because you can't see uh, what you've never had right? You can't see it. It's an unknown. And I think one of the worst fears is the fear of the unknown mm -hmm. because we don't know what we're going to get. However, it's also where we get some of the best things in life when we step into that unknown. You, you've, you've hit the nail on the head. You know, um, again, I like my analogies and I was scared at that time. I was 24 years old. I've never been in business before in my life. I'm, you know, I've got I'm not, I was broke at the time. So I literally, I was limited on renal financial resources. Um, I was worried. I was fear of failure. I had all these thoughts going on. Um, I wasn't good enough and it was scary. I was sleepless nights. I couldn't eat. I was having arguments with my partner at the time. And, um, what I was the worst, the worst, uh, negative self talk? What was that worst thought that just crippled you, kept you in handcuffs? Do you remember For too long? It was worrying about what other people thought. Ultimately, if I'd failed and, and looking like an idiot, 
that was the biggest thing for me. Um, but again, reading and developing in books that really kind of alleviated that. But we're just going back to the unknown. What I like to say here to my own clients is that let's pretend we're in a car. Okay. It's pitch black. We can't see anything. It's nighttime. And all we've got is the headlights on. Okay. And the headlights can only see so far ahead, probably a meter, two meters, maybe. And we're static. And that road only appears for two meters ahead, right? We can't see this to the side because it's dark, but we put our foot on the accelerator, on the gas, right? The road starts to appear more and more. And we don't question that the road is going to appear. We, we know it's going to appear as long as we keep going. So what I'd like to tell my own clients and anyone listening um, is that when you've got this vision of yourself, you don't need to see the entire road ahead. You only need to see the only first few steps ahead and make directional gains towards that vision you have of yourself. If you try and see the whole road, you're going to get overwhelmed and you're going to try and put all these pieces together, which reality is just not going to happen. So only focus on those next two steps. That's it. It's so difficult. It's so difficult to do it. It goes against our human nature to do it mm. because we want to know the end results as to why I'm applying this effort. Right. And what I'm hearing you say is trust the road, trust that the road is there. It's ahead, right? It's not just going to end in a cliff, trust the road or trust the process that you're on. And if you continue just heading forward, keep your eyes on the road, <laughs> keep your yeah. eyes on the process and just know that eventually it's going to get you to that destination. That's the winning formula. Is that correct? That is correct. Absolutely. And also thinking, what is the worst that can happen? If I take these next steps, am I going to die? No, you're going to end up exactly the same place if you do fail anyway. So you've got everything to gain and nothing to lose. Mm. Very powerful. All right, Alexander, let's get into, uh, you know, Startup Nation's been waiting so patiently for your top three tips and strategies that yeah. they can use to make their first 100K this year. What did you deploy into uh, your business when you got started to really take it over that six figure mark. So your top three tips or strategies, make them practical, make them tactical, something that Startup Nation can implement uh, this week, this month into their business to hit it in 2020. Sure, absolutely. So um, in the property industry, um, my whole strategy around that was to raise finance from uh, sophisticated investors so I could use their funds to then invest into properties. So the whole strategy around um, my um, first business was to invest in using other people's money to invest into high cash flowing properties. Okay. And I would manage those properties on the behalf of those investors. So I would keep all the cash within my business and then run it out of the business to then pass on. Um, I did that um, consistently. So that's probably the first one, consistent. And when you go into business, you are going to get so many shiny pennies, especially in an industry like the property industry. You're going to want to do developments. You're going to want to do, you know, single house, you know, ham, uh, family homes um, and different kind of tactics and strategies around that. Um, instead, you need to stay consistent till you get to your goal. And one of my first coaches, you know, he said to me, Alex, if you, if you go off course right now, it's going to take you further away to your ultimate vision, which is that 100K was my first goal. So if I can say anything, pick a strategy and stick with it long enough that you get to your result. And 
what I see a lot of people do, unfortunately, is that they go on this journey and they get close to it, but because it gets boring, because you know how to do it now, you rinse and repeat, and you do it constantly, people just get bored and they go for the next shiny penny, but that just takes them further away from their ultimate destination. So, you know, with, with the property industry, um, number one was to stay consistent with I that. I think that's so good that, and you're so right. That's, uh, that is lurking beneath the surface for most entrepreneurs is that they, we find that winning formula, that winning strategy, it works. We get bored with it. So we somehow make it wrong in our own head, even so though it's working, it's, it's the path or the road to success that we need to trust. And we're looking out into the darkness. What's the next thing? What's the next thing? All right. So I'd like you to shift for your second and third strategy to your existing business. Cool. Okay. Give me two strategies from your existing business shifts to success, because I think a lot of people can really resonate with what you're doing. It's a a coaching business, uh, you know, and we have so many coaches out there, consultants that are struggling. They don't know how to make their six figures with this. Uh, they're giving away their product, their service. They're pretty much in desperation mode, trying to pay their bills. They're undervaluing themselves, et cetera. You get this. So what do you, what's your number two and three strategy uh, from your existing business for Great. Startup Nation? Fantastic. So first of all, um, hopefully for the listeners, is to identify who your target customer is. Identify and nail down that person. Their demographics and psychometrics. So for me, it's excellent serving police officers as well as members of the NHS now, National Health Service here in the UK. How did, how did you come to pick that? Like, how long was that process? What was the conversation in your mind? How did you know that was the right selection? Because sometimes we'll find the ideal client, we know it's the ideal client, and then we'll second guess it, we'll have self-doubt, and then we'll get distracted and pick someone else. It's how a great question. It? It's a great question. So first of all, I didn't really realize until I actually looked deeper into the business in itself. I, when I resigned from my job, my, the police force, um, I got a lot of police officers asking me how I did it. And I didn't pay attention to those questions initially. But then when I launched, um, you know, a business trading company, I was looking at people I want to work with. Um, it hit me right in the head, like these police officers have been asking me for a long time, why don't I help them? So that was number one, they was actually asking me, okay, but number two, it's a world that I'm from. So I know the problems they go through, which is actually one of the points I want to go through with the target customer. You, there's a great quote, you should have a PhD in your target customer's problems. Okay. Not a real PhD, but you should know about them more than they know themselves. Okay. You want to know their frustrations, their fears, their challenges, the mistakes they keep happening over and over again, because by only knowing that you can then really define their outcome and people buy to move from where they are, their pain, to where they want to be, their result. So by identifying a target customer and knowing their problems, you can then move towards their outcome. And once you know their problems and their outcome, you can then bridge that gap with your product or service, which for us is a business accelerator. So that would be number two, really get deep into actually identifying that target customer, their problems and the outcomes. And here's the thing that I see a lot of entrepreneurs not do. Okay. I don't know why, because we need it. Sell. You need to sell. And, and when I started my company, I sold first. So I sold the idea. 
And how I did this was I met, you know, I had a website, I had my brochure, I had an offer form, my terms and conditions, and basically a contract, okay? And I met police officer after police officer after police officer in hotel lobbies. And I understood them, I questioned them, I probed them, and I got a lot of rejection, okay? And I, I met about 30 police officers. And nothing in the business was built. It was just the website, the brochure, and just this idea I had. So when I was speaking to these officers, I was selling the idea that essentially they thought was already been built, okay? And all I did is give myself a lag time so when they started saying yes, I could then go and build. What happened with this is that I got a shitload of rejection. I must have been like 20, you know, 20 something rejections initially, but every single conversation I took from it, I changed my brochure, I changed my sales approach. I understood them more I changed my tonality. And lo and behold, one officer said yes. And then that one after that said a yes again. And I had that winning, winning formula again. Let me step in right there, if I may. Yeah. So when that first officer said yes, what did the yes actually look like? Was it you asking them to invest some money in and and buy the idea, buy the product? Or was it, you know, if you go and build that, yeah, I'll do it. It was, um, no, it was um, buying the product as it already stood. So in their minds, this thing was being launched. It wasn't built already. So in our business, we have an online portal, we have, you know, webinars, we have a, a forum, uh, we, have, we have events, we have large events, we have everything, right? And that wasn't built. Nothing was built at all. All, all of this idea was inside a brochure, something, it was like a, a A4 brochure, and it had essentially what the product offering was, okay? So by having that brochure, it turns the intangible into something tangible. They could now touch the product, okay? When I got those first yeses, I then gave myself a lag time of four months to build. But the most amazing thing about this, and this is what I want your listeners to get, if you sell the idea first, number one, you can then use those resources to build your assets, build your business. So you've got money now. You can then use those to build, which is bootstrapping. And number two is that you actually, from a mindset perspective, you know you've got customers to build from. So when I see other entrepreneurs, they build first, build the product, then go and sell. But the problem with that is that they don't always sell because they've designed something that they think is the right thing not actually understanding the customer at the initial stages and selling first and adding things in from those initial conversations. And from that was able to scale uh, pretty fast um, to now, you know, we've, we've helped hundreds and hundreds of police officers. So it's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. My friend. Uh, I think you've identified some of the, probably the one, two or three top problems that entrepreneurs face and how to solve those. Question to you. Mm-hmm. You picked your ideal client, police officers, mm-hmm. and then you went and sat with them um, and you started asking them questions and you brought them this idea and you got massively rejected. Why did you not quit right there and shift to a different customer? It's a great question. There's something called statistical significance. Okay, that's a bit of a tongue twister. Uh, statistical significance. So when we get rejection in business or in, in anything really, um, and it can work on the op- opposite side, we want a minimum of 30 rejections before we make any snap judgments. 
Okay. And so many entrepreneurs go out there and get that. No, they get that second. No, they get that third. No. And they're like, shit, this isn't working. They throw their hands up in the air and they quit. Right. But actually we need more data before we make a snap judgment. And that's the reason I didn't quit. So I knew before I could make any judgment, I needed to speak to 30 people in my target customer, then make a decision. And before I hit that 30 or around that 30, that's when I actually carried on. So I set a goal first. I'm going to speak to a minimum of 30 police officers before I start looking at the business model and changing things. I think that's a powerful insight, Startup Nation, don't you? Speak to a minimum of 30 of your ideal clients before you make any big decisions for your business, which way to go, how to shift, what's that product going to look like. I think that's a great target number. Does it look like work? Does it intimidate you? Yes, it does. Yeah, we get that. It's scary. It's scary, but it's that's scary. what business is about. That's why yeah. you're going to win because you're going to go to 30 and everybody else around you is going to go to five, six, or 10 and then quit. Yeah, exactly. So you it, know, success has a high threshold, right? So many people, and this is why I think it's less competitive being a successful entrepreneur than you know, getting a job um, or, or going to a, you know, a different career route. Because when you have those rejections, you know to get to your goal, there's a higher pain threshold. And so many people aren't willing to go through that. And those who do go through that, you know, they've got breathe easy at the top. So, um, you know, if your listeners right now, stick with it to that 30 minimum and set a little goal for you, set a little challenge, make it fun, make it rewarding um, and, and see, you know, what you're made of. Um, because the reality is if you do get past that 30, you know, you're going to be in a whole different ball game um, and it's going to separate you from the pack. All right, Startup Nation, we're speaking with Alexander Siri. He runs a business accelerator for police officers at shifts2success.com, shifts2success.com. And he says you should have a PhD in your target customer's problems. And the way you get that PhD is go speak to a minimum of 30 of your target customers and find out what's going on, what are the problems. And then from there, sell the idea to them. Hey, I can solve this. This probably what it looks like. What do you think? Are you in? Run your credit card. Let's go. Right. And then from there, you take that money, that revenue, and then go build the products and services. And you let your target customers be your very first angel investors. And I think it's a great way to start a business. I've done it myself multiple times. I think you're spot on, Alexander. So Alexander, welcome to my favorite part of the show. Welcome to the hustle round. This is where I'm going to ask you 10 quick fire questions. You'll have about three seconds to answer each. Don't overthink it. It's just for fun. Are you ready, sir? I am ready. All right. What's your favorite thing about being an entrepreneur? Freedom. What's your least favorite thing? Um, oh, God. Um, anticipation. Yeah. Anticipation. What are you most afraid of? Dying with regret. Dying with regret. Alexander, I believe we're all struggling with something at any given moment of our lives. Just part of the human condition. If you were being real and raw and vulnerable with Startup Nation right now and myself, what are you struggling with right now, personally or professionally? Um, scalability is a, is a hard one. So, you know, recruiting the right people into your team, making sure there's a culture there. Um, we all work virtually, see my employees, my team. So um, having that at the, at the corners and the backstone of the actual business is, is key. And I think as we scale, uh, 
one of our goals is to go to America and help US cops. Um, and, you know, not knowing how to get there yet is almost something I'm, you know, I'm struggling with because, I, but then it comes back to that analogy, you know, you don't need to see the old road, just take that next step. So for me, it's probably just piecing those things together right now and, and utilizing my team to get there. I think that's great. What did you spend way too much time doing your first year in this, this business? Um, selling myself, actually. When we started generating leads, I was selling myself initially a lot, but we was having so many leads, I should have hired quicker so I could then teach my second salesperson to sell so we can cover as much ground. Okay, got it. So just to clarify, you were selling by yourself on your own, not selling who you are yourself. That's okay, correct. Clear. What secret fear do you have about people? That they can damage reputations that may not be wholly true. Um, because of social media, I feel like every business has its own small town. And if you get one negative review and stuff like that, it can damage your reputation. Uh, luckily, ours are police officers and they're, they're really good clients, but I see it time and time again with other businesses that get one bad re you know, thing. It's just, you know, it's not good for that owner. I agree with that. What do you wish you had learned sooner in business? That I can make it. Yeah. That I can make it. I wish I started sooner. Yeah. Got it. What's a new habit you want to form? To, to do more than I currently am. I want to be more productive. I want to write more books. Um, yeah, I'm trying to perform at a higher level. I feel like I've plateaued a little bit and I want to raise my game and do more. Got it. Sounds like you got bored. Yeah, yeah right. When you get a team, <laughs> it's like everything's delegated. So yeah. you're trying to fill the gaps. And what's a bad habit you want to break? taking too long to make decisions. Mm. Pick three words to describe who you are now. Um, determined, um, inspiring, and caring. Pick three words to describe who you were before you started this business or your first year in this business. Nervous. Um, um, impatient. And... Um, stressed. Mm, got it. And last question, if you could come back to life after you died, look your family and friends in the eye, give them only one piece of advice about life, eternity, everything. What would you say to them? Life is not a rehearsal. Make the most of it while you're here because um, you are not coming back. Um, do all that you can, be all that you can and have all that you can. That is so true. Sometimes we, we treat life like it's a rehearsal, like mm -hmm. it's a practice round and we get to do it all over again. That's why we hesitate. We pause, we overthink it. Oh, I yeah. got to do it perfectly. Instead of just saying, Hey, this is my one shot. I'm, I'm going to start swinging so and true. let's just see where the punches land. Right. Yeah. yeah. Any final wisdom? What's the one thing you want my listener to know about making their first $100,000 this year? Imperfect action is better than perfect inaction. And you've hit the nail on the head. We try and slow our pace down. We try and make sure we're perfect. 
and people are afraid to stumble their way to success. And the reality is you're going to, so make sure that you stumble, you know, as much as you can, the quicker you do stumble, the quicker you do get those hit setbacks, the quicker you're going to gain that success. So don't delay yourself trying to get something perfect. Just know that it's going to be imperfect and get yourself out there. And don't forget you are dying. You've got a clock on your life right now and that is ticking. Um, so, you know, don't look back and make you utilize your time a lot better. All right. Startup nation was speaking with Alexandra Siri. He's saying, run your business, build your business, grow your business as if you're dying. Like move with that intentionality. I agree with you, brother. Mm-hmm. And, and it's important to just be present to that thought. Maybe there's a, a, maybe Startup Nation, you want to put like a big sign in your office or in your home office, wherever you work, that says, uh, today I'm dying <laughs> or yeah. something like that, right? Like it, I'm dying every day. What do I want to do with today? In my alarm on my phone, um, it wakes me up in the morning saying, um, live life fully, you're dying. And also, and every single of my birthdays, I get a reminder saying, you know, to my 80th birthday, hopefully I live longer, but on average, um, that I've got so many years left to live. Um, and a great thing that everyone could do, something I did, is color little, um, 80 little squares on a piece of paper, okay? And then color in how many those are until your birthday. So right now I'm 29, so I would cover in 29. And when you see a visual element of how many squares you've got left, that, that will shit will hit you straight between the forehead. Um, that will, that will give you a, a kick up the ass. I like that. Next, your little nugget of wisdom there. All right. Yeah. So, uh, Alexander, where can uh, startup nation go and find you or do you have any gifts or products or what do you got? Sure. Yeah. So my books on uh, Amazon It's called police officer to entrepreneur. Um, they can check me out on, um, uh, web Google type in my name, Alexander Siri. They'll find all my resources, YouTube, my podcast, uh, and they'll find loads of resources like such as our um, YouTube channel as well. And I see on your website here, and I'm just going to bring it up. You have this, uh, the police officer scorecard quiz. So if you're a police officer listening right now, um, this scorecard quiz will help you discover if you are ready for a new life beyond the police force. The quiz represents 25 yes or no questions and produces a scorecard based on the answers given. Results will show you just how ready you are for Alexander's company, Shifts to Success. So Alexander, thanks for being on your first 100K. I wish you God's love, peace, and joy in your life, my friend. Thank you. Cheers.